Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it. Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Jesus entered a village where a woman whose name was Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary who sat beside the Lord at his feet listening to him speak. Now Martha, burdened with much serving, came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me by myself to do the serving? Tell her to help me. The Lord said to her in reply, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken from her. The Gospel of the Lord. I chose to celebrate today's Mass as the Mass for our oppressors, so that's why the propers you were trying to find in your Magnificat or whatever weren't matching up. I did that for two reasons. First one was I've been busting up fights in grade school the last two days. And so when I had school Mass this morning, I thought it was important to remind the kids of proper disposition to people that annoy us. I don't mean to say the school's like a rumble house or something, but just there was, there was stuff that needed to be done. But of course we have a situation, don't we, in the Middle East? That causes us all great concern for the Christians, especially of the Holy Land uh, and the other people who live there. And uh, while we need to pray for peace, uh, that peace is not possible without right disposition towards those whom we call enemy. And, and there's probably no greater example of this from, uh, from the scriptures than Jonah, who desperately wanted his enemies to be destroyed. And God said no. And so Jonah attempted to take his marbles and go home, and then he got swallowed by a whale. See, the real trick in the Jonah story, the, 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 the part of it that we often miss, is that when the, 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 the whale pukes Jonah back up on the beach, God tells him he's not permitted to bathe until he preaches in the city. So he's covered in whale puke. I don't know, whatever's inside a whale. It can't be good. It can't smell good. It can't feel good. And he has to walk through town. His clothes have to be all messed up, probably half torn, barely together. He stinks. He looks like a crazy person. He is kind of a crazy person. And that's what converts them. Now see, this is marvelous in the providence of God. Because if Jonah had been docile and obedient at the outset, his witness would have been far less effective. Nobody would have paid him any mind. Just some other crazy street preacher. They had them then as we do now. But God took Jonah's own act of insolence and turned it on its head and managed in so doing not only to save Nineveh, but perhaps more importantly, to save Jonah. Now do you see why this right disposition towards our enemies is so important? Why the Lord's admonition, <coughs> pardon me, why the Lord's admonition 
To pray for our persecutors, to bless those who curse us is so significant. It doesn't countenance the wrong that they're doing against us. We're never obliged to, to, to uh, you know, affirm, let alone enable, somebody else's sin, especially when the sin is directly against us. But that doesn't mean that we lose care for the person. The moment we've lost care for the person, we've allowed their actions to overwhelm their identity. I don't know about you, I would just assume not be judged for my worst actions. I've got plenty of them, and if that's where judgment lands, I am in a whole heap of trouble. Jonah's in the same spot, and so are all of you. And that's why it's so important when we come here, especially when we come here, where we promise every time to forgive as we are forgiven, that we have to examine our consciences and look most especially, most keenly, at those people that cause us the most unease, the most trouble, the ones we can't trust, the ones we can't even trust ourselves to think about, or it'll make us too crazy. And the remedy here, right, Jesus shows us himself. He's able to manage it from the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It's to gaze on him. It's only by loving with the heart of Christ, loving with the love that is God's love, not in imitation of, actually the same kind of love, which you and I cannot muster on our own. It's only by loving with that kind of love that this sort of care for one's enemies is made possible. St. Augustine, right, is famously sort of the author of just war theory. And there's a big fight in Catholic theological circles as to whether or not any war has ever actually managed to do what Augustine said. Not because the wars couldn't be justified, but because Augustine's final criterion for a just war is that the, the soldiers on the, on the right side go into battle weeping for the souls of the men they shall slay. Now, I've not been in war, thank God, and I wouldn't pretend to impose judgment on men and women that have. That's not the idea. But you can see why it would be a very high threshold to try and meet. Why, why, why it's very unlikely many of us have ever gotten there. And yet, that same kind of courage is precisely what the Lord's calling us to today. Now, you might say to me, okay, Father, well, that's fine in theory, and maybe there have been one or two people in my life I've really, really hated, but they're dead, or we fixed it, or whatever. I don't got nothing to worry about. But I want to suggest that the gospel um, might probe us a little bit further here. So Martha doesn't call Mary her enemy, but isn't it interesting that instead of saying, hey, guys, could I sit down with Mary for a bit? Or, Lord, would it be all right if I joined my sister on the floor? Instead, what she does is say, Lord, make her come do her share of the work. She creates enmity, if not making her her enemy, in her house. And she does it in this goofy, passive-aggressive way that probably every one of us has done with somebody that we lived with. You know, have you ever done the thing? You would not believe what your son did at school today. I just heard that out in the parking lot. You would not believe what your son did at work today. Or as my sister and I do when we're upset with dad, go talk to your father. He won't listen to me. 
But did he stop being your father? <laughs> we belong to each other. That's the whole point. And if we belong to each other, we can't afford to be enemies. We can't afford to be enemies. The person in my adult life that I've had the biggest wrangle with was a, a religious sister that taught at the seminary where I was at. And it was a fraught relationship because I was replacing her. So we overlapped by a year, but we knew that I was taking her position on the faculty. And we were just as different as night and day. I saw black, she saw white, I saw up, she saw down. And uh, the day that I found out my mother was terminal, um, I, after the phone call, I was upset. I went to the bathroom, kind of cleaned myself up. And as I was coming out, I was not like paying much attention because I was upset and had been crying. And I ran smack into her, like hard enough she fell on her butt. Papers went everywhere. So immediately I'm apologizing because I don't like her, but I didn't mean to beat her up, right? And, and so I gather all the papers, sorry, sister, sorry, sisters. And then I realize she's crying too. And I, it's not from the fall. And I said, sister, what's wrong? And she'd just gotten the same call but her own mother. Now this woman was like 45 years older than me, so it made maybe more sense. But, but I looked at her and I called her by her Christian name, which I never did. I said, Catherine, I said, I, I wanna make a promise to you and I want you to make it back if you can. And she looked at me like I was nuts because we did not have that kind of relationship. And I said, I just got the same call about my own mom. And I'm gonna promise you I am not going to pause to think, worry, or pray about my own mother without stopping to think, pray, and worry about yours. And I want you to do the same thing for me. How could she say no? <laughs> and you know what happens? It healed our relationship. We were never bosom buddies, but we weren't enemies anymore. It's hard to be someone's enemy when you're praying for their mom. It's hard to be someone's enemy when you're seeing them in him.